Welcome to the Self-Care Goddess Podcast, brought to you by me, Rita Savoya, founder of Savoya Self-Care Holistic Wellness. I'm a certified nutritionist and a holistic wellness coach for midlife women who want to rediscover their happier, sexier selves naturally without pills or side effects so that they can thrive as they age. I'm also the creator of the Savoya Self-Care Method, empowering women to nurture heart, mind, and body for transformative results. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to help millions of midlife women become their own health heroes. As a woman entrepreneur and a caregiver to aging parents, I fully understand the many responsibilities and generally stressful times women are living through these days, often suffering in silence, misunderstood, and putting themselves last. That's why each week I will be here for you, guiding you on your personal wellness journey, sharing expert advice from thought leaders on natural, practical, and simple solutions to help you thrive during the midlife transition. Get ready to listen to inspiring conversations about all things wellness, nutrition, mindset, mental health, fasting, hormones, menstrual cycle awareness and sinking, ancient healing strategies like meditation, mindfulness and breath work, and spirituality. Every month, I will also be featuring a small to medium-sized business to help spread the word on the amazing work they're doing so we can support them. And now, without further ado, let's get ready to rumble. Happy listening! Hello, self-care goddesses, and welcome to another episode of Self-Care Goddess Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, and I'm super excited to have her here with us today, so can't wait for you all to meet her. And her name is Natalie Morse. She is a pharmacist and a functional medicine practitioner living in southern, the most southernmost tip of Canada, Leamington, Ontario. She is the mom of two tween-age boys, her happy place is the trails at Point Pelee National Park, and I definitely have to visit, or soaking up the warmth of the sun on a beach. Oh, me too. She knows, uh, no, she now helps guide other women on their weight loss journey using a mind-body-spirit approach. She is a functional, she is a functional medicine practitioner for women who want to lose weight without spending hours at the gym or taking pills. Welcome, 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 Natalie. I'm super excited to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm great, Rita. I'm so, so excited to be on the show and talk to all the self-care goddesses. And I'm uh, so happy that uh, you invited me and that we're able to connect with this. Amazing, amazing. So before we start, I always like to know, what's your story? So tell us your story. How did you get into um, what you're doing? Because you're obviously a pharmacist and now you're doing a lot of functional medicine stuff. So tell us, please. Thank you. And it's kind of like, which story? Um, so I would say initially I got into I got into functional medicine for myself. And I think that's very common for a lot of people who do. And I found myself in a unique position where I was always, I was performing. I had a job. I was working as a pharmacy manager. And I started doing triathlons um, to really get fit after my second child at, at the time. Because I was always an athlete. And that was a way that I could do an individual sport that worked with my schedule that I could go for a run, go for a bike ride. So as I really got into triathlon and really enjoyed it, I knew I had to feel my body well. So that ended up leading me into more about nutrition and how to optimize my body and how to optimize recovery. And that led me to functional medicine. And at the same time as I was, I thought I could do it all. 
I thought I could do it all. I thought I could work 50 hours a week and run a whole household and work out 10 to 20 hours a week for triathlon. Um, And I could, but it started to catch up with me. It definitely started to catch up with me with muscle fatigue and cramps and just being exhausted. And in hindsight, I was putting myself into adrenal burnout and adrenal fatigue. And what really made me go look elsewhere is that my family doctor, we've been my family doctor most of my life, had no solution for me. Because I was healthier than most of his patients, they're like, you're tired? Like, of course you're tired. Your mom, you're, you're working? Of course. They had no solution. So I knew at that moment I had to find the solution myself. So that's what led me to the functional medicine for myself to figure out what was going on so that I could function better. But then as I was learning what I was learning in functional medicine, I was standing at the pharmacy every day and I'd be giving people medication and I was starting to learn of the ways that they maybe didn't need that medication or maybe there was another way to look at their issue. And that's what really drove me. That's what got me excited again was I don't need, I knew the person did not necessarily need to be on this medication for the rest of their life if they can make some other changes and tweaks and adjust some, address some other issues in their life. And nobody else was talking about that. And so I saw the light and the opportunity for care there. And that really is what propelled me to reaching out and especially helping women who for so long, they're not getting good answers. They're not getting answers. They're being told they're fine. They're being told their blood work is normal. So it's a big relief when I talk to women and they can start to see that there's other things that have not been addressed that they can start to fix themselves. So that basically what brought me here to where I am today with you uh, on the podcast recording for all the goddesses who are listening today. That's amazing. What an awesome story. Thank you for sharing. So inspiring. And, you know, it's often that you go somewhere and they say, oh, this is so common. It's common, but it's not normal. And just yeah. like the, the perimenopausal symptoms that our, some of our listeners may be experiencing is that, yes, they're very common, but it does not have to be that way. It's not normal. And that's kind of where we're trying to get at to the root cause of what's causing these and then try to alleviate them naturally, right? So thank yes. you for that. Very inspiring. Keep going. And uh, I'm definitely... Um, one of your biggest fans as well. So I do follow you quite a bit and you have some amazing content that you do share. So thanks for that. Um, So as you know, you're welcome. On this show, we help a lot of women naturally thrive during the midlife transition called perimenopause. Um, Although there are numerous symptoms that are associated with this change, such as hot flashes, sleep issues, mood changes, mental fog, low energy, and on and on and on. There's many, many more. But today we're going to focus on weight gain and its connection to food cravings. So there is a long-standing theory, and I'm sure you've come across this as well, that's been passed around that food cravings are both your body's signal that you have a nutritional deficiency and your body's way of telling what you need. So according to this theory, if you crave a burger or a steak, you need iron or protein. If you crave chocolate, it's because you're low in magnesium. If you crave sweets, you're low in chromium, phosphorus, um, carbon, sulfur. So, I mean, there may be some truth to this, you know, but is this really the deal and what's going on with food cravings? I'm not really convinced. 
Because if it was a nutritional deficiency at the root of most of our food cravings, then wouldn't we be craving more nutrient-dense foods like broccoli (laughs) versus super starchy carbs that are either salty or sweet? So sure enough, recent research has debunked this premise that food cravings are nutritional red flags from your body. In a Wall Street Journal article of 2012, the author states that a growing body of research casts doubt on the nutritional deficiency notion. Instead, studies show that food cravings involve a complex mix of social, cultural, and psychological factors, which makes sense, um, heavily influenced by our environmental cues. So another study, because I'm a bit of a geek and I do little science research, (laughs) Uh, published in 2000 in the Journal of Psychology and Behavior, found that monotonous diet rather than nutritional deficiencies was more to blame for food cravings, right? Which is why eating a wide variety of nutrient-dense foods is super important. It's basically eating that rainbow of different vegetables and also protein and um, carbohydrates. So, Okay, so this is my last one, and it's closer to home because it was 2009 study on pre- and postmenopausal American women conducted at the University of Pennsylvania found that self-reported chocolate cravings did not appear to decline after menopause to the degree that we would expect it to um, if cravings were hormone, hormonally driven, right? So what is really going on here? Please help us shed some light on this, Natalie. <laughs> What, in your opinion, what are some mistakes that women are doing when it comes to curbing their cravings and where their cravings are coming from? Yeah, let's open the Pandora's box and see where we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like I, I do believe maybe like, again, I'm, I know most of your listeners are either very intuitive in tune with their body or they're learning to become very in tune with their body. So our body is the smartest thing. Our body does have a wealth of knowledge. And especially when you can start to tune in and listen to it, it will tell you things, right? Um, so, you know, it's like, why aren't we craving broccoli? Well, it's like, well, because your blood sugar is not stable, right? So it's like, that's why you're not craving broccoli because your body actually needs sugar because we've not been balancing our, our blood sugar. So I would say a big, like the big mistake. And again, we're talking to perimenopausal women. So most time we'll talk, well, maybe we'll keep it in this box of, people who've been trying to lose weight and dealing with cravings at the same time. So in that situation, you, I, I, uh, deprivation and pleasure are two things that came to mind. So when you were talking about that bland diet mm-hmm. leading to cravings, there's no pleasure. There is no pleasure in your day. There is no pleasure in that meal. So you have an opportunity, whether you're eating two or three meals a day, whether you're eating snacks or not, if it's bland and it's blah and there's no pleasure in it, like your body's like, hello, like, is there more, is there more to life than this? <laughs> maybe there, maybe there is, but most women find themselves in the situation where they've been very mindful of their weight, right? They're perimenopausal or menopausal metabolism slowing down, hormones are slowing down or getting off balance. So they've been noticing weight going on into different areas of their body. So what they naturally do is start dieting. So what they naturally do is start cutting out food groups. So what they naturally do is start uh, living day to day and living meal to meal with this deprivation mindset of what I can't have, what I can't do. And that's a big root of the cravings, right? Because one, they're not fueling their body properly or correctly. There's no joy. There's no satisfaction. So, yeah, we ate. We ate lunch. We ate dinner. But your body's like, ah, 
what else? Like, can I have a little bit more? Can I have, can I have something else with that? So I would say that is a big, big mistake. And again, that's a lot of times that's more of a mindset piece is being in a deprivation mode for too long. None of us are going to be happy in that deprivation mode for a very long time. So that's one reason why the cravings are popping out. And then another thing I will say is people falling into, again, thinking at we're minding weight, we're starting to pay attention, we're not happy with some of the changes that are happening with our body, we start going to packaged foods. We start being drawn to diet foods. There's like, again, you you know this, like a lot of times in those diet foods, those packaged foods, those gimmicky foods, there's not a lot of nutrition in there. There's not a lot of good food information in there. So we might, while we might be getting like a package that's marketed like, hey, it's a hundred calorie snack pack. Oh, okay, I can eat that. There's no nutrition in that. So sure, it kept you, you gave you something to eat and you kept within like your calorie target. Maybe it fit your macros, maybe yes or no, but there was no nutrition in it. So a big mistake going to diet foods rather than looking at how we're eating whole foods, real foods, how and when we're eating it is a big mistake as well. I love that. Beautiful. I love how you said the nutrition is a food information for our body, isn't it? So if we obviously eat the right foods, then the body's going to be happy, you know, for lack of a better word, and all the processes are going to keep going and there's going to be no deficiencies. And that's why you won't crave and you'll be, and that also you can open up the, the, the conversation about being in a very good mood is because you've all of the neurochemicals are actually producing in the right way because of, again, it goes back to the food. And it just reminds me of the whole low-fat movement back in the 80s or 90s and how, how bad that, that is for you because now we know that we need the fat around um, ourselves, right? And ourselves is, is who we are. So it's yeah. just, it's, yeah, a lot of mistakes that uh, unfortunately it's not even our listeners' fault because, you know, it's kind of what mainstream media was talking about. And a lot of the talk so- show hosts were also sharing these mistakes, right? But it's never too late, of course. And it's listening to shows like these and podcasts like these and educating yourself and just taking, this is what I, I'm on a mission to empower women to become their own health hero. Because at the end of the day, it is, our, like you said, our body, the more we listen to it, the more we're in tune uh, with it, the more it will actually tell us what we need and what we don't need. And these symptoms and signs are just pains that our body's saying, hello, help me, something's missing, or you're, I'm, I'm, you're, t- you're giving me too much of this. So I love that. That's amazing. And um, what do you think are some strategies that our listeners can easily adapt, you know, that not too time consuming, that um, they can, you know, even start tomorrow if they want or today, (laughs) if they're ambitious. So some, some strategies to help them like with cravings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's definitely some like easy ones. Um, And then there's definitely more like big picture ones, right? So if someone's really struggling with cravings, what I will ask them to look at is their blood sugar balance. So I run the reasons why this is where it's a really good question of like, what am I craving? Mm. And a lot of times people are craving pastas, breads, sugars, chocolate is because their blood sugars are not balanced. And so for women, 
goddesses if you're in your mid 40s again 40 to 60 like doesn't matter mm-hmm. odds are you or you have to look at right you have to look at is your blood sugar balanced and how are your adrenals mm, yeah because that could be a really big thing if you're even eating like you're eating super healthy and this is like where it gets frustrating for someone they're like i'm eating super healthy i'm doing all the good things why why do i still crave sugar why do i still crave like the carby food that gets converted to sugar and a lot of times it's because their body has lost the ability to regulate blood sugar on its own mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so these are some of the bigger picture strategies where you know someone might need to work with a coach or practitioner to look at specifically what is going on but when i pair that back of like okay what can someone do to start moving the needle is one make sure you're eating enough food many women are, again are undernourished so make sure you're eating enough food mm-hmm. make sure you're getting enough protein mm-hmm food space at appropriate times that your body can get used to so it can have level energy. If your body has more level energy during the day, it is going to be less likely for cravings to pop up their ugly head. (laughs) (laughs) So that would be number one is like, look at what you're eating and make sure, again, I I find a lot of women aren't getting enough protein. Okay, yeah not getting enough protein, not getting enough vegetables. So I typically, I tell people, I tell women to actually eat more than what they're eating. Especially if they've been dieting for years. And typically if they've been dieting for years, I'm like, no, this is like how much vegetables Mm. you need to eat. And they're like, oh my goodness. Like that's actually a a lot of food. I'm like, yeah, because you weren't focused. They weren't focused on the right thing. And again, we didn't know. We didn't know. Yeah. Right. We were doing our best. We were trying to figure it out ourselves. And then it's like, oh, okay. I, actually need to eat more food right yes mm-hmm. eat more broccoli of course <laughs> <laughs> so you can balance more broccoli so we don't crave like the chocolate bar at four o'clock in the afternoon yes and you know what i've noticed actually when it's complete so i have i always try to do this but you know sometimes it's hard when i have my carbs my little non-starchy carbs i have some protein and then there's some fat when it's it's almost like i guess it's the balance that my body needs so obviously that's going to be different for every woman but I don't crave that piece of chocolate or I don't crave something sweet, you know, at the end of my meal. I mean, Natalie, I used to be like a Nutella after every like meal, Nutella and bread, or maybe sometimes just Nutella with a spoon. Like that was me. And I definitely, I needed my Nutella and I haven't touched it in years, but I notice now that if I don't, if it's not a balanced meal and I have, let's say, more carbs or not enough protein, as you just mentioned, then I'll crave that something sweet, whatever I reach for, probably like 90% chocolate now. That's what what I'm reaching for. But still, like, so I think that is a great tip to make sure that you're eating enough, which is great, right? We get to eat. Yay. No deprivation, right? We go back to that and making sure that it's well-balanced meal so that there is enough protein and um, so is there a way to find out if how much protein we should be having? Is there like a, um, I don't know, like, can you punch it in somewhere and get like a little calculation? <laughs> well, I mean, I think most people now have access to mm-hmm. MyFitnessPal or an Apple Watch or something like that. You can put it in. Um, but I would say, again, like I want, I want my clients moving their body and moving on a regular basis. So mm, even a lot of those I feel will under put the protein count a little lower than maybe I would recommend. So I want most women getting at least a hundred grams of protein a day. Wow. Yeah. So that is, especially if you're going for more like plant-based foods, um, you, that takes a little bit of planning Mm -hmm. and it takes a little bit of figuring out like, Oh, how am I actually going to get 
that much protein. So that you like in a simple way, that's breaking it down to 25 to 30 grams of protein per meal. Mm -hmm. So again, a lot of times, unless we're having, you know, steak three times a day or chicken or fish, um, it can be, you know, a lot of times like we'll tally up a meal and be like, Ooh, yeah, that was like nowhere close. So that's like a, a rough target. I use uh, a rough recommendation I use for a lot of women. And that's why meal planning is key, isn't it? Yeah. And the good thing is, is like most of us tend to, what, most of us tend to repeat the same foods on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Like mm-hmm. we eat usually the same one or three breakfasts. We have the same type of template for lunch. So once you figure it out, like, yeah, it'll take a couple days or a couple weeks, but once you have it dialed in, you just repeat it, right? Yeah. It's just like, oh, this is what I have for breakfast. Oh, this is my afternoon snack or so put put the work in, figure it out, what's going to work for you, and then it gets easier with time. Okay, great. That's very inspiring. Good news. Yes. <laughs> and I will add to that is, and I love how you you share that you used to finish up with like the Nutella. And if you don't, like if, you, if it's not balanced, you're not going for the chocolate after. So I'm a big advocate of women, like make sure you have fruit at your meals. Mm. Make sure you have some real food sugar because I find that, one that adds to the pleasure that adds to the enjoyment mm-hmm. and it's it's a beautiful food it's in its whole form and for like from again we're our own our own experiments we're our own like figuring everything out and for me it's like if i finish my meal with fruit i'm not less likely to crave other things later later okay. on That's and i will notice myself if i've like say i was in a rush and i just ate the bare minimum i'll be like oh i'm really hungry after and i like chop i was like oh i didn't have my fruit that was that was the thing so and again a lot of women if they're watching their calories and they're watching their sugar a lot of times women are cutting out fruit and that is not something we should be cutting out at all is fruit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's easy to do just to add some blueberries at the end of your meal or whatever yeah. seasonal fruit um, is in season at the time okay okay i like that and so your adrenals have and whose adrenals are not stressed out these days, being <laughs> a multitasking woman. Um, yeah. So the adrenals have a lot to do with obviously connected to the cortisol levels and the insulin levels, right? So it's connected to the blood sugar issue. Yeah, cortisol's job is to keep your blood sugar stabilized. Mm. And when we have made our adrenals work harder by dieting or not eating at the right times or going too long without food our adrenals had to work release cortisol to keep our blood sugar stabilized so we could keep functioning mm-hmm. but it puts a lot of demand on that and it becomes chronic stress over time so that will lead to not sleeping well and that will lead to either dips or um, spikes in our blood sugar and that leaves us not feeling good at multiple t- times during the, during our day mm-hmm. so are there some lifestyle strategies that uh, our listeners can implement to help with cravings sleep is huge you have to be sleeping and i acknowledge and i I respect that's kind of like the three-headed dragon (laughs) of i'm stressed i can't turn my brain off i have hot flashes so i i'm not sleeping well but we need to sleep well so that our body can break down our stress hormones and rest and recover and repair like we have to be sleeping so if you're not sleeping well that needs some attention to get you sleeping well one make sure you're in bed for the appropriate number of hours and yeah you might have to figure out what you're going to do 
to relax, to bring in some self-care, to take care of yourself so you can be in a calm state and go off to sleep. And then try to answer if you are waking in the middle of the night, okay, why am I waking in the middle of the night? Mm-hmm. And that's usually because you had something late at night. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. well, it's, it's, it could be a, b- a bunch of things, right? It could be like, it might be something out of your control, like the cat walked on your bed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that's mm-hmm. it. Or <laughs> like, my neighbor goes to work at by 5am. So I hear his car every morning, right? Yeah. So it wakes me up before my alarm. <sighs> mm-hmm. um, so there might be things outside of your control that have that, but it's like, oh, did I eat too late? Is that affecting my digestion? Is it hot flashes? Is it? Again, there's, there's, potentially a few other reasons of like did I take care of myself today to allow myself to get a good night's sleep okay so that's awesome so that's sleep for lifestyle exercise I'm assuming also plays a role yeah definitely so when we look at like what's driving cravings and what can we do when a craving comes up um I love people being able to go for a walk, take a break, go for a walk, right? Mm -hmm. So if we get a craving, go for a walk, move your body. When your body is moving, Mm -hmm. it will help stabilize your blood sugar. Again, at the root of a lot of cravings, I believe is unstable blood sugar. Okay. So by having a regular exercise routine, and it doesn't need to be nuts if we're not, if we haven't (laughs) been exercising, Mm -hmm. a 30 minute walk every day goes a long way, right? Mm -hmm. So it changes your environment. Right. Luckily, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be able to go go outside, get some fresh air, that can, and then we can also do double duty if we look at that as an opportunity to reduce our stress at the same time. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody can get out. It's very low impact. Really just carve out some time during the day, preferably in the morning and maybe another one in the evening as well. So it kind of sets your circadian rhythm too for that day. That's amazing. Yeah. And I like it also because it distracts you. So I find that, you know, if I do have a craving and then I distract myself with something other than food, <laughs> then it kind of goes away, doesn't it? Like the, just the, the craving disappears, right? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's just giving focus to something else. Like mm-hmm. if we can just do something else for 15 minutes, usually the craving will pass. Um, and I love doing yoga so it's like a be- about being present right so if i'm doing a yoga like everything's on zoom now right so if mm-hmm. i'm doing like an online yoga class for 45 minutes to an hour and i'm completely present in that moment i'm not thinking about food i'm in that yoga class so what wherever in the day that fits in for you i mean it's great for me cravings are have always uh, traditionally been more so in the evening yeah so if i can take that hour to myself and do yoga for instance for an hour I'm not thinking about food. And then when I'm done, my body is, it's not in a stress state. And it's, a, it's in a very parasympathetic, very relaxed state. And then I feel better. And I am more likely to do something positive for my body, like take a bath, like have a cup of tea. Because I feel when you, when you feel good, it's easier to take care of yourself, I believe, for yeah. many of us. Like I'm already feeling good. I did this good thing. I want to stay in this space. So I'm going to have an herbal tea. I'm going to like have an apple or some grapes instead of like many other like chips or whatever else that is typically maybe your go-to like you're just when you come out of that yoga class you're like hopefully your mind is thinking a little differently than it was before Mm -hmm. I love that but I I love that I'm gonna quote that Natalie because when you're in a good place and you want to take care of yourself it's easier to take care of yourself that self-care comes 
even more natural to you just because you've been doing it um, in your previous activities. So I love that. So do yoga in the evening. So identify when you get these cravings and then perhaps proceed with a an activity that's going to calm you, bring you down like and uh, bring down your, I guess, cortisol, put you in a parasympathetic nervous uh, nervous system state so that you're more relaxed and I guess the self-care that you do after comes more natural and uh, so that you won't reach for those chips. That's amazing. That is super cool. I will definitely try that because what I do before I go to sleep, I try, I really try to be good and read a book or um, just do something that I'm not looking at some sort of screen. But a lot of times I just want to sit in front of the TV and veg, right? And just kind of catch the next series, which I, uh, I can't believe I, I do that. And I, I said to myself, no more series. There's maybe once a quarter, that's it. Because they, they're so addictive, right? So I try not to do that. But what if, yeah, your kind of schedule or routine is to sit in front of the couch because you've had a really rough day with the family, the kids and work and your job. And so what, what would you recommend with, for those women? <laughs> Yeah, if you're just like exhausted at the end of the day, right? Like so many women, you know, and this is you who are listening, like, I can't do anything. Like I'm exhausted when I get home from work. I literally just crash on the couch. Then take the time for yourself. Like go take a bath and go to bed. Like it, no, like you don't have to answer to anyone if you have to go to bed at eight o'clock. Because so many people say like, I can't do anything past eight o'clock. I just lay on the couch. So then you just lay on the couch watching TV yeah. maybe eating food yes or no right but it's like if you if your body is to this point where it will not do anything productive for you and you don't need i don't want to say like you have needs to be productive 24 7 that's not what i mean right but it's yeah. just like you're done right literally all you're doing is you're just waiting until bedtime just go to bed like just cut cut the day <laughs> and go to bed and do that for a week right and see what happens right mm. because then like your body's telling you we're done. We're not doing anything else. And then a lot of times these women, they go to bed and then they have trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. So if that's where you're at, just go to sleep. That is so Nothing true, wrong with yeah. that. I, I guess society has just sort of brainwashed us that if you want to relax, it's not take it back or read a book or, you know, just kind of chill, meditate, maybe perhaps it's sit on your couch and watch a Netflix series, right? That's the idea of relaxation after, or maybe with a glass of wine too, which again, I don't, I'm not judging because I'm doing it too. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's that whole shift, mindset shift that if I'm super exhausted and tired, let me choose another activity and see how that works for me, right? Yeah, and it's, and again, like we've been conditioned a lot of time mm-hmm. to that bedtime is 11 o'clock. Like we have to stay up till... This is like my grandma's thing. I have to stay up to watch the 11 o'clock news. I'm like, do you? Do you have to stay up to watch the 11 o'clock news? Because then you've watched TV, you've watched the news, and now you're going to bed at 1130. Like, and then, well, the late show started, and maybe I'll just watch the monologue, and maybe I'll just watch, like, till, like, the next commercial break, right? It's like, do you? Like, who told you? But that's because, like, everyone else was doing it, and the topic of conversation the next day at work is, like, what was on the news the night before? It's like... Just shut the TV off and go to bed. So that, and that's where it's like, we have to start asking our questions. It's like, again, the person who's still listening to us is like, if they're feeling great and amazing, like carry on with what you're doing. But 
if you're if you ha- you're struggling with any- anything and your sleep's not great and your energy's not where you want it and you have cravings and you have a few extra pounds that you're not happy with, we have to start asking questions of what is still serving me, what stays and what goes. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that makes so much sense for sure. So if you're what if you're eating a well-balanced diet and you're exercising and you're meditating and you're sleeping, <laughs> you're doing all these things and you still have cravings. Now, my guess is probably it's more on an emotional sort of level, right? Mental, maybe perhaps something that you associate this food with. Am I right? Am I in the right direction? It can, yeah, well, it can be, right? Again, mm. everything's potentially many things one is still stress right so if, if stress is still driving that you can have everything else in check and still be having the cravings but i really love the the potential of like the emotional piece right so this is where okay what foods am i craving and why is there you know like do i love chocolate chip cookies because i remember that going to my grandma's house and her pulling them out of the oven and handing me a cookie warm from the tray. So if I see chocolate chip cookies on the counter and I eat that, that is an instant comforting thing, right? Because that is reminding me of my grandmother, even if they don't taste the same, they don't smell the same. So we have these things that are deep rooted in us, right? What were we rewarded with as a child? Where we're like, do this, do this good thing. And then you get a treat, right? You go get ice cream. Right. So sometimes if it's something specific like that, chocolate chip cookies, ice cream, pop on a Friday night, like whatever, like the treat was, sometimes we're going back for that, how we felt in that moment. Right. So maybe as this is like one family I used to babysit for, like Friday nights was like their family movie night and they had pop and chips. Right. And that was the only time of the week that they had it. You can imagine how I was like, that's a really good family time. Everyone, it's Friday night, everyone's home, we relax and we have pop and chips. And that was not something we did at my house. So like, as the babysitter, I would look forward to it. (laughs) But you can see it's like, if you remember feeling really comforted and being in a safe space at that time, why would you not go back and try to recreate that? Right? Why would you not? on your couch on a Friday night watching Netflix want to have a uh, have some chips, because your body remembers that when I did this before, I felt really good and I felt really safe. So it's a lot of times it's trying to recreate a, a happy moment and get your body to a place of feeling safe again. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of hypnosis work that you would need to do. Like, how do you kind of reframe all of that stuff? Is that <laughs> you can do it in med- you can do it in meditation yourself with a little bit of training. So um, where I learn a lot of these techniques is from Dr. David Hawkins and his book. Um, so if you're not familiar with this work, so I recommend reading letting go. And then another book he has is called healing and recovery. So there's a, spe- a chapter in there specifically on weight loss. Mm-hmm. So when you you can do this through meditation of like, and it's asking yourself the question of like, being like, okay, why do I want pop, right? Why do I want this pop? And you just keep going back and back and you find the root of it. And you find the root of like what it is that that is providing in your life. Uh, I'll share because like a friend of mine, he openly shares this on, he has a podcast and everything. So he shares that when he went through this process and went through the meditation process, he got to um, 
his mom died of cancer when he was very young. So for him, sugar and pop was a caregiver for him because for his teenage years, he didn't have a caregiver. So that became his caregiver. So every time he tried to give up pop and give up sugar, he'd be successful, but it would keep coming back. So until he was able to, from an adult place, recognize, oh, that's what's going on, then we can make an adult decision of, okay, what's my plan now, the next time I have that craving. Mm-hmm. And it's about self-awareness. So you need to be self-aware mm-hmm. of why you're reaching for that. And again, that whole mindful movement has ties in as well, right? To be more mindful of the things that you are craving and reaching for and what times and what happened before or what's about to happen that maybe perhaps you're super anxious about a call or a meeting or something like that, right? So it's really about that mindfulness of the situation. So can you stop cravings like instantaneously? Is that possible? Uh, I like doing like going for walks is a great one, right? Going for walks, getting out of the house, changing the environment, changing where you're at and you're changing your physical energy state by moving, Mm, right? So you're changing that up. And then again, usually you go for a 20 minute walk, come back. That's an instant instantaneous might take you. You maybe only need to go outside for five minutes, but just change the environment, change the state. That's really, really good. I, we can use essential oils, right? So we can use essential oils as, as a, as a bypass mechanism is in just knowing like, okay, when I get a craving, and again, it's part of you developing your own plan of what may or may not work for you. It's like, I'll, you know, if you have essential oils, why not try? Okay, well, I got my, ne- my next craving. I'm going to open my bottle and I'm just going to take a couple deep breaths in. Because Rita, you know, and you appreciate how powerful breath work is to change our state and to change our, get into our relaxed body state and to change our energy. So if we combine taking a few deep breaths with the smell from an essential oil, that can instantly change it, right? So that's one of the most powerful ones I've found to like, to instantly change that. That's like, literally, I don't have like one I use right now, but it's like, I have essential oil bottles on my desk. Like, so it's just, I can do it in seven seconds and done. So would it be like a Nutella flavor? No. <laughs> <laughs> I probably recommend. I probably recommend not the what thing you're craving, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they make a chocolate flavored essential oil. No. So like maybe not like vanilla or something super sweet. Something uh, like okay. Like uh, some people will use peppermint. I really like things like grapefruit or lemon that are just yeah. kind of like that clean citrus. We all have yeah. our, our go-to. So you can experiment with that. Invigorating or something. Yeah. Whatever you've got in your cupboard. Right. So, yeah. So, mm. I mean, I love, I, I love grapefruit, right. To me, that's just, that's just a very clean crisp scent that I've always enjoyed. So, and to me that, uh, that changes my state very quickly. And I guess it depends what time of the day it is as well. So if you're having this craving in the morning or during the day, then yeah, these invigorating essential oils would work. But then maybe in the evening, you can do a lavender that kind of relaxes you as opposed to making you more anxious and and, uh, up and going and stuff. Okay, I like that. I've never heard of that. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) Thanks. Um, So... Anything else you want to add? Because we are coming to the top of the hour. So I just want to give you an opportunity if you have anything else to add. for our Yeah, I just want to, I want to uh, close with just kind of like wrap up like the, the few key points is it's like, okay, what do I do as to start to put some of these strategies that we've talked about, right? All, all the listeners, all the goddesses have picked out a few things like, oh, that's maybe that will work for me or I'm going to try this. So I would say if, to, to wrap it down to like the top three things is, is sleep. 
Awesome. Come back, okay. Make sure you're sleeping well and actually getting uh, restorative sleep. If we want to prevent more cravings, eat to balance your blood sugar. So that's eating enough food, eating enough protein, eating a variety of food, including fruit. Don't, de- don't deprive yourself. Eating to ba- balance that blood sugar will go a long way. And if you're in a spot where your blood sugar has been off for a long time, you've been in that chronic space for a long time, it, give yourself patience. Like give your give yourself grace through all of that. It's not going to magically get better in three days. It's going to take a couple weeks. So give yourself grace as you work to balance your blood sugars and keep the stress low. And we can't always keep the stress low, but keep the stress low, but use that as acknowledge the stress that is there and make sure we are incorporating those self-care practices that we have and that we are continuing to refine for us. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for summing that up. That's awesome. So in sort of maybe to go a little bit deeper, what are your top three self-care activities that uh, you would recommend our listeners to that they can actually implement today if they wanted to. So simple self-care, maybe some of your favorite. I love the essential oil, by the way. I'm really going to try that. (laughs) I I love walking. Like for me, walking is part of my self-care. It's my joyful movement. It's my self-care. It's my outside time and fresh air. So that's like, that's my go-to is for me is, is going for a walk. And again, like there's so many potential things. Like I don't do yoga on a regular basis. That might be somebody's. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely do take a lot of Epsom salts and essential oil baths. I do that more on a regular basis than I ever used to Mm -hmm. um, because that's where my stress level is. So I acknowledge that and incorporate that into And also what I've definitely done in the last six months is like on a Friday or Saturday night, I will just put in some like really chill music and whether I'm even actively meditating or not, I just take a couple hours to breathe and just lay on the floor and just be into a restorative space. So maybe a little bit of breath work as part of that, maybe a little bit of meditative practice, but I just take that couple of hours and not saying I don't get into Netflix binges, and I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but I know it's more effective for me on a Friday or Saturday night to like take three hours and just lay on the floor and listen to some like really chill music that I've got picked out because then I feel like a completely new person the next day. Yeah. So that's my, my next level uh, strategy. That's amazing. I really like that. And if you can do it with two boys and a household to take care of, I mean, come on, ladies, I think we can all try, right? I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That's really feasible, really implementable activities that we can all do. Thank you so much, Natalie. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for continuing the conversation and keeping the conversation going because our self-care goddesses and our listeners They really can benefit from some of these really simple strategies that they can implement. You shared with us some really, really cool tips. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you for your time. And I can't wait to have you back on the show and talk about some other amazing things that you are doing, like the cold therapy stuff. I'd love to have you on the show with that. <laughs> because this woman, listeners, she you went out in your bikini and, and snow and made a snow angel, angel didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it what everyone does on a Sunday afternoon? <laughs> so I definitely want to talk to you about that and how that's going for you. And perhaps maybe some of our listeners can, uh, can try that next time. So thank you so much for being on the self-care podcast um, show. And I can't wait to have you back. And before we go, where can our listeners find you? And what, have you, what are you up to that they can perhaps um, tap into and reach out to you? Awesome. Well, thank you, Rita, for having me and having this platform to reach so many amazing women. So uh, congratulations for the continued work and effort and uh, passion you put into that. Uh, Best place for people to find me is on Instagram. So I'm Natalie Morse, CFMP. So Morse like Morse code. Um, And then my link tree in the bio has has a couple options for you, but it has my Crush the Cravings guide. So a lot of the things we talked about is in the Crush the Cravings guide. It's like a little mini ebook. So you can go there and get a copy of the Crush the Cravings guide if you want to see all the things we've talked about and more in one space. That's the best place for people to reach out to me. And I continue to work with women with hormone imbalances and, and uh, you know, weight struggles, like trying to get some weight off and looking at the root causes of what it is for them. And that's what I've been working on. It's been super rewarding and super inspiring. Amazing. And keep going because we all need it for sure. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to have you on the show again. Have an awesome day. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking part of your day and sharing it with me by listening to this amazing podcast episode. I would also like to thank our sponsors, St. Lucian Seamoss. Check them out and get some awesome Seamoss at www.stlucianseamoss.co. If you enjoyed this podcast and it was helpful, please share it with your loved ones or a friend and check out SavoyaSelfCare.com for more amazing wellness tips. Please also leave us a rating now on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot and send it to info at SavoyaSelfCare.com. We will reply with a gift as a grateful thank you. If you want to upgrade your healthy living and take it to the next level, be sure to join us next week. And remember, self-care is not selfish, it's self-love. Ciao for now.